0: You ready? You all ready?
1: Yeah, you you start because I know you. Did you want? Oh yeah, do we want to try? I didn't have that ready yet.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're thinking about doing um some sort of cultural acknowledgement at the beginning of every oh, show. Oh, so
2: like you know, like uh, like understanding that this is like a black art.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. we want to have some I think like that's scripted important. thing that we say every super time super important that's really
2: and I want to have it
0: scripted yeah and like
2: right because you want to be out. intentional about it you don't want to just like pull it out of your ass yeah. you
0: know what let's no. have this the cold open
2: yeah once <laughs>
1: everybody knows we're not pulling it <laughs> out of our head
2: <laughs> <laughs> To make sure we're not pulling it out of our head.
0: <laughs> music hits now
2: okay it's a
0: terrific privilege to be able
1: to introduce the next man excitement to music such complete free willing improvisation In fact,
0: definitely... hey jazz babies welcome to the jazz babies podcast my name is Christopher my pronouns are he and him
1: and my name is Lou and my pronouns are they and them
0: <laughs> So peaceful and calm tonight. Um, We have the pleasure of having this wonderful guest, Lily. How do you say your last
2: name? Corey. C-O-R-Y. Lily Corey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just used to like, I'm just used to like people doing it with the E and so I just always spell it because like people ask, it's a work thing. I'm sorry. I'm not at work. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Lily Corey. Welcome to the podcast. What pronouns do you use, Lily?
2: I use she and they pronouns. Yes. Yeah.
1: More theys. Was yeah. It?
2: Was they? We love that they then.
1: <laughs> I've known you as this kind of like really sweet parental character in our community since we started. And I know that you have a long Lindy Hop history. Yeah. I don't know it at all. Where's Where does your dance history go from like from your own jazz baby to like jazz
2: parent? I feel like I had like Phases of being a jazz baby. So, like, the first time I ever did anything swing dancing ever, I was in high school. I was a theater nerd. I did musical theater class. And they, like, made us, like, partner dance to, like, uh, build build trust in one another. But I'm it cool was, way like... way to build trust. Yeah, it, it was, like, a really cool way to build trust. But they were, like... I don't know. It was, like, the the theater teacher like turning on like Glenn Miller in the mood you know mm-hmm. like the yeah. I have that
0: album actually like, yeah around here, I
2: mean right? it's not it's not a bad album but like as you get older you realize there's better jazz right um, it's my dad's oh okay yeah. <laughs> your dad you should give your dad better jazz <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it makes sense <laughs> that he had it <laughs> doesn't it make sense that he had it because it was like such a widely <sighs>
2: Yeah, I mean it was everywhere. Yeah, like literally everybody, everybody knows that song. Like it shows up freaking everywhere. And actually, that's like my biggest pet peeve. Watching movies now is like someone will play like Glenn Miller in like Q nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. Glenn Miller, and I'm like, oh, there's better (laughs) jazz. Real fun at movies. Um, But I started in high school, and then um, I went off to Western Washington University. And I joined the WW Swing Kids. And actually, oh. that is where I met Bailey. Oh, Bailey okay. Bailey and I started, I mean, I don't know if Bailey did uh, stuff beforehand, but I met Bailey there. Um, and we started at the same time. And this was in 2012. What's Bailey's last name again? McCauley.
0: McCauley, okay.
2: Yeah, McCauley. Bailey McCauley. Um, and, and that's also where I met Damien, um, Damien Cade. Um, not in 2012, though. But I did that all four years, and it was interesting because it was like we had like a bunch of like the nineties kids who were all really inspired by like the gap commercial,
1: oh yeah, who were
2: like running who were like teaching and and a lot of that like dance philosophy was like a follower in motion stays in motion unless uh in acted on by a lead. And so like I would like really bought into that Kool-Aid. I was like very like
1: wow, I can't imagine you guys. Yeah, I was like Kool-Aid. super
2: I've super like I like would like sometimes a lead would not catch me and I would like turn myself into a wall.
0: Like, I can buy that.
2: Yeah that you would <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah I would absolutely I have a, I've absolutely done that. Um I I kind of I'm a little bit of an ass that way. But <laughs> um so I I would say, like, so, like, I had that phase where I was, like, really just, like, learning the mechanics, and I was very anti-Lindy Hop. I was very, like, pro six count, anti, like, doing a swing out. (laughs) Like, I was terrified of a swing out. I didn't swing out for four years. So, it's
0: not that you were, you didn't, like, you just were scared of it?
2: I was, like, scared of it. I didn't understand the mechanics of it. I didn't like that I didn't, like, know, I, like, wasn't in control of my body, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, because, like. It's it's a little bit vulnerable to be, to be like launched, <laughs> you know. As and I and I was primarily following at the time. Now I dance both roles and I don't give a shit. But like, like when I first started, I was like, I did not like the lack of a, the autonomy. I didn't understand the mechanics of my own body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, uh, so I had that that phase where I was like doing six count. Um, I was only dancing in Bellingham on whatever night swing kids was. And then in 2016, 2015, I decided to become an officer in the club. And that's actually where I met um, a dancer who is in the Seattle scene. Her name's Jonna. I'm sorry, their name is Jonna. And Jana actually taught me my first swing out. So I remember I was like, I was like talking about how I hated this, and I, it was a really uncomfortable feeling, and Jonna was like, well, can I swing you out? And then, like, we did it, and Jonna was like, just fix this and this, and then suddenly it just, like, clicked.
3: Mm. Like, it just
2: clicked. Like, I had the claw thing going on where I, like, would, like, grip.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Like, death grip.
0: In your shoulder or arm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, like, it, because I was like, I don't, I don't want to lose my, you know, like, when you're, like, on a bridge and you're, like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you're, like, your body just, like, tends, to, like, that, it was just, like, instinctual, so... I fixed that and then I also like I and thankfully also at the same time like Ben White and Ariel Go are coming up and like teaching things and they did like a whole like triple step workshop with Bellingham people and the triple step workshops like saved my dancing because like you figured out how to do triples in any direction and you can swing out. What yeah. year is this? This is so this is 2015-2016 yeah wait so you're
0: three years of yeah. just pass bys yeah tuck turns tuck
2: turns
0: not a circle inside. not a, a circle inside. whoa
2: just a lot of and then rock step uh, yeah. uh, and then rock step yeah was everybody uh,
0: that way or or was it like hey when you so, dance with lily yeah no swing outs <laughs> yeah,
2: no swing outs. <laughs> no it was funny because like i would ap- actively say like no swing outs um which you know hey good on me for practicing consent but like, um, but like, and actually I, I feel like because I had that experience, I'm also very conscientious of that when I like now dance with like newer dancers. Cause like, yeah, go. I must, I must it was say, 20, 2015, say, 2016. Boy. So those were, that, that was the year. And, um, so then I got more comfortable with swing outs and around the same time, Ben White was like, Hey, I, I have all these dances down here in Seattle and there was, like, a group of us swing kids. It was me, Bailey, uh, Marshall Gould, um, Adelaide, Robin. Um, I'm trying to think. A person named Warren. It was just, like, a bunch of us, like, dance nerds. Kind of like how you guys are now. Like, it, <laughs> like a cohort. Yeah, like of, a cohort yeah. of people who would just, like, go down on, like, a random-ass Tuesday night um, and just, like, go dance. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because, like, we were a college scene. And at the same time, there were other college scenes. So we met with the UW swing scene there. And so we'd, like, go to each other's events. And we also met with Seattle U swing scene. So, like, we were all, like, really, like, just, like, in our cohorts. But, like, we were all, like, one big college conglomerate blob that was just, like, really hyped on dancing. Um, And we did a lot of that. And I, like, remember that, like, I just had the, like the absolute time of my life being like 21 and just like dancing all the time. Um, and, and then I remember um, 2016, I went down to the Portland Lindy exchange. Um, and that was like my first real event wow. that I had ever gone to. And that year was also the year that they had Gordon Webster. Cool. Out and, and, it was it was like really life changing i was like i'm i'm like really bought in like i really want to keep doing this um and then i moved to seattle and went to grad school and once i was in seattle i was dancing all the time yeah. so i would say like my second wave so i had a first wave where i like got in it in 2012 and then my second wave was like 2016 to 20 like 18 i really felt like i was like I'm a jazz, I'm like, re- like, I'm going through my second yeah. phase as a jazz baby. Yeah.
0: You're like going to events, you're yeah. dancing at socials all the time. All the time. Are you? Yeah. Um, I
2: joined like Ben's like joined. practice group mm. that he had going, Ben and Ariel's practice group that they had going on. Mm. And and then grad school just like kind of took over and I was like, well, <laughs> some things had to go. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um but yeah, for the most part, like I was really like in the socials and then I had the opportunity to like really like, meet new people in the scene and, like, really bond with some of those people while also having the privilege of, like, um, having some people who were in my Bellingham scene, like, move down. Like, Bailey moved down. And Marshall, who doesn't go out dancing really anymore, like, also moved down. And there were a couple. And, like, Jonna was here, too.
0: You're such a great solo dancer. Solo jazz dancer. Thanks. Like, really fun to watch. And I think what makes it particularly fun other than like your technique and like great and all that stuff is the fact that you're a theater nerd.
2: Oh yeah. And that
0: most of it A lot of the dancing that I'm watching is here.
2: Yeah. I'm pointing just like neck up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I've taken some incredible, uh, like jam circle classes with you two. You have great philosophy around it. Where did, where did it all?
2: Yeah. Where did it come from? Where did it start? Where did all that stuff start incorporating? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, first off and foremost, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> um, so I, I, I like was really uncomfortable with my solo movement, um, for like the longest time. I and honestly, like, big props to people who are like, just film yourself and then like understand like what you like and what you don't like. And I realized, I, I like to tell a story. Like, I like to build a story. I want to bring people into that. And if you're not, like, um, selling it, <laughs> like, if you look awkward, like, people are going to feel awkward, right? So, and and maybe you're doing that intentionally, but, like, I want somebody to feel something. And so I I try to attach an emotion to a movement. Um, But in terms of, like, where my dance philosophy comes from, it really comes from like other people who have really taken the time to sit with me to talk about like the values of dance and like what those values should be. And like a lot of that being um, around specifically like the liberation of black people who like invented this dance, doing this dance, carry this dance Um, and really the idea of like, how are you saying something? How are you like responding to what's been said before you? And how are you setting up the person coming after you? Right. Um, and so for me, like when I'm dancing, yes, it's solo, but I'm also really looking around the room for inspiration because I want to be able to respond not only what's happening with my relationship with the music, but I want to see how other people's relationship with the music can like further feed what I'm doing. Right. And then like, hopefully that becomes like more of a symbiotic relationship. And so, and that really, again, all comes from like, um, like black culture um, and like understanding a, like as a white person, that's not mine, but you're also in a space where like this art is a black dance. So, and my dance values is to to really be at a place where I'm showing up authentically myself, right? And authentically myself is that I want to respond to the people around me. Like, I don't want to be selfish in this dance. Like, I want to be able to give. Um, and so I just, I, I really feel like that jives for me. Tell me about your dance values. Yeah. So when I first started dancing... Um, I didn't really have dance values, I just kind of showed up. And I was like, this is fun. And this is serving me. Um, And I was also one of those people that was like, really uncomfortable talking about race and racism and acknowledging that this is like a a black dance. And Mm. I am a I'm a white, um, like, presenting um, woman, right? Um, I am actually queer but yeah, you know, you, you told me <laughs> <laughs> it's okay I'm a white woman um and and I was really deeply uncomfortable and I had the I had a lot of the line of like well I only like I only relate to this through the um through the movement right trying to like sanitize my own like discomfort but also like trying to like make it trying to be conflict avoidant if you would and um And then I, you know, and then frankly, I, um, I got educated. Um, I, like I said, I'm a social worker. And so I started really like thinking a lot about, um, the people, um, and then also having to really learn the history of like the way in which, um, the United States has systemically harmed black people. Right. Um, And having to like really acknowledge and sit with that history and sit with like my privilege and the privilege I hold in that. And I just kind of felt like it felt it just continued to feel more um, inauthentic for me to be in a in a black uh, art form and not acknowledge where it came from, but also like to not to like not acknowledge the the oppression that Black people feel, but also the resilience and the art and the joy and all of the really wonderful things that that come from that culture and that community. And so for me, like now I'm in a space in my dancing where it's like, if if we're not acknowledging Black people, if we're not acknowledging like the full spectrum of like what Black people have had to go through, um, then we shouldn't be appreciating Black art. Like we should not be doing this, this dance, which is black. Right. So, um, and, and so for me, my dance philosophy has really kind of taken from the values of that. And, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on community. Um, you know, how am I decentering myself and how am I centering those around me? How am I making sure that, that people I am with and my partner that I'm dancing with is feeling seen. Um, How is there a call and response? Um, How am I making sure that I'm not like putting on like how I'm not wearing someone else's authenticity, I'm wearing my own. So the inspiration that I'm drawing from is like, it comes from like my experiences, but like, I'm not trying to copy somebody, right? Like I'm trying to add to the conversation. And then finally, like, how am I? How am I understanding the music? Right, like how am I allowing, kind of the polyrhythms to throw to like flow, right? Um, and so that has kind of been like my journey to come to this to this to this dance to my dance values, mm-hmm. right? Like really having to like look internally to be like, okay, like you have to really sit with the mm-hmm. larger culture to be able to. Really, be able to feel like you can actually do this dance.
0: Does that influence, uh like, I mean, you just you did, um, you just said uh you don't give a sh- you lead now you lead and follow and you don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm sure you have lots of fo- thoughts on lead and follow dynamics.
2: Oh, I have so many thoughts on following. <laughs> like,
0: I'm like, and anyone who's met you and talked to you like more than three or two or three times, we like, oh. I know it really has some thoughts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I think. That's what when I met when I met you. I was like, oh.
2: I think this person thinks this, this, person, this person has, has fucking
0: thoughts, and like, will tell you them.
2: Yeah. So again, my values really come from a place of call and response. I think with that. Um, I think when I first started dancing, I started off as a primary follow, right? Um, and I was just kind of told to follow. Like, classes were, that were being taught were very, like, lead-centric, like, and then I started thinking about it, at, like, the comparison is, like, if you're just being kind of talked at, right, like, there isn't, like, a back and forth,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? The way that we teach, you're just, like, one side is just talking the whole time. Right.
0: Lily is putting up her hand right now. Yeah, and doing yeah, the like, doing a little hand, hand puppet, puppet. Right. Yeah, and there's only one hand.
2: And there's only one hand. And there should <laughs> be or There was two, yeah. and they're talking two, back right? and forth. Now to Lily each and, other. and Lou <laughs> both have their hands up, <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, hands. like two show. crabs, little crab hands. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, I really do like. I do think that in order to to live the value of call and response, you have to be able to respond, right? And you also have to be able to call back. Yeah, to the other person. So for just saying, like, if I have if I'm doing like, like a pass by, and I'm just saying just follow that, like you're, you're, you're robbing the person the opportunity to be able to call back and respond, right. And so for me, um, I'm really keen on, you know, how are you allowing yourself to really, like, listen to what your partner is trying to say? like say yes I see you it's like yes and in your partner mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. a lot of the time and I think that it's, it's really hard to kind of manufacture that in a class setting um, and so I think that you really have to kind of almost do communication like like just, techniques yeah you have to do like, <laughs> like theater know, exercises do, like, and stuff. theater exercises and stuff to like get people to a place where they're willing to like pause themselves um, and that's the number one thing that I see a lot. I think a lot about. I don't know if you guys watch the TV program R- Rhythm and Flow. No, Have you ever I seen that? did
0: watch Rhythm and Flow. Okay. all of Ooh, it. Okay, Flow.
2: it's so good. Oh my gosh, it's it's a it's like a rap competition. Like oh, fun. Cardi B's on it. It's great.
0: Yeah, Chance Ti. Yeah,
2: I, yeah. It's... And they they brought on um, King Los, who is a rap like a rap coach, if you would. And he, was, and he like came up to them, and he was like, who are the two most influential rappers that you all know? And they were like, Biggie and Pac. And he was like, what, what about Biggie and Pac? And everyone was like, flow. And he was like, pause. Wow. They know how to pause. Mm-hmm. Because when you have pause, you have cadence. And when you have cadence, you have rhythm. And I was like, <gasps> like my mind like I was watching that and it may have been a little too toasty but like (laughs) but like I was like watching that and I was like I like and like Aaron Lewis was with me and I was like Aaron (laughs) this is dancing and and um and I feel and I really feel that way like I feel like the more that we're allowing ourselves to like stop Mm -hmm. and like survey the better we are going to be in our groove and the better we are going to be in communicating with our partner like Leads don't feel like you have to do one thing after another, after another, after Mm -hmm. another. You can take some time to chill in a movement Mm -hmm. and like be really open to receiving what your partner has to say. Mm -hmm. And follows, you can really, you can really start some shit. Like you can really do some shit. Like if I don't always do the turn the way my lead asked me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I've been told that's wrong, but I'm also like, is it?
1: Uh, Assert yourself. You can do
2: whatever you want. It's not wrong. Is it? I'm just saying, you know, you want to talk about monkeys. I want to talk about baboons. Like, it's yeah, not that yeah. wrong.
0: <laughs> it's dancing.
2: It's dancing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pause. It's pause. Cadence. It's cadence. It's groove. it's groove. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, as long as we're grooving, like, for me, as long as you're on beat, I don't really care. <laughs> 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 I don't really care. You, yeah.
0: uh, I think I've heard you say you love music from off. Op- from all across the universe. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Jazz universe. The jazz universe, the dance spectrum.
0: And I've, I just got back from Mm Erang. And at Erang, they only play uh, a certain, like, you know, largely like 50, 60, 70% big band Mm -hmm. um, swing music. Um, And then you can explore within there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know some people, like if you go to Lowdown, and and certain, depending on the DJ, Mm -hmm. you might hear like, more boogie or something, or mm-hmm. like maybe a little more soul music mm-hmm. um, if James is DJing. Right. Um, what are your like? Yeah, and at other venues you won't hear that, which I, I like. I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like the variety. Um, but yeah, also Norm Miller said, Lindy Op, we danced to big band swing music." Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts? There's no question there. Yeah,
2: I mean, I just think it's a it's a, a generational difference. Like, you know, Norma is absolutely queen, but she is also, she is, she is an, she is an opinion, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I value that opinion. I hold that opinion dear. That's a legacy opinion. But I also really think too, that there's a lot of value in music that is beyond the 1950s, right? I think that you get a lot of callback to the fifties, especially in soul, especially in funk. Um, and then you, in today's music, you get a lot of callback to, you know, soul and funk, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lineage there that I think is, that is easily jazz worthy. And then also there's a whole conversation in hip hop about how, you know, what they're doing now is not new because it's already been, so there's a lot of call and, calling and responding there, right? And I think um, the person to really, that can speak to that more eloquently than I can is Monsell Duran. And I know that um, Laney talked about Monsell in um, the podcast when she was on, but Monsell produced everything remains raw, and everything remains raw. Oh yeah, is an incredible documentary mm-hmm. that everybody should should watch. Um, but there's a lot of conversation about that, and I think the thing to also note too is that you know the 1960s, like you had it's it's a different era of of protest and movement and. For black people right like we had gone from Jim Crow era to to you know war to post-war and now we're in the civil rights movement and like the music was about disruption was about change was about doing something because you know the response to the culture was like fucking change when yeah. <laughs> like, people are dying right like and so I think that the music in and it of itself looks different but I think the fight is still there and I think that we need to acknowledge and and hold hold that true and if you again are doing a black art and if you're only focusing in on black people from the 30s 40s and 50s like you're missing the whole story and I think a lot of the music that we hear throughout the entire dance spectrum highlights that struggle and highlights that joy and that resilience and you need to have the whole picture I think yeah. to be able to there's also something about Black
1: culture that it is, it's that call and response and it's always that building. Like that yeah. was something I yeah. had this realization when I realized that yeah. early hip hop was sampling bebop. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's a direct thread. Like right. Black culture is always just composting itself and growing new, beautiful things. Right. And white culture has a want to preserve. Yeah.
2: So yep. museum nice if you Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's kind of interesting that like this swing community is like right, 30s, 40s, 50s, and
2: it's right. like, well, I mean, I think I think if if your soul is wanting you to move to a beat that maybe be outside of the time frame that we dance to, I think you should dance to it. Like, I don't think I think that spiritually dancing is a is a spiritual release, and if your body is moved to do it, you should do it. Um. I do think though, like categorically, should I be Lindy hopping to soul? No, I should be hustling. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I do think that the dance form did change over time, mm-hmm. but like that being said, I'm still going to, I'm still going to move my body to that music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it, it, there's, there's a downbeat that calls me to do that.
0: You said that you were uh, uncomfortable with your solo jazz or like you were yeah. afraid of it. I'm yeah. like afraid of looking stupid yeah i'm afraid i'm afraid of looking stupid
2: amen very often amen how
0: are we uh climbing that hill yeah up that hill (laughs) afraid of looking stupid
2: oh my god uh yeah 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 um yeah i think i just i don't know like i don't know if you're if you feel this way but like when i i just kind of own the fact that there are going to be times where well that that didn't work (laughs) um well, and it's it's funny, um, like, it's funny because Aaron and I always, always say if you can't, like, if you can't fight it, spite it or something like that. So, like, if you're, if you, like, see something and you're, like, damn, that person can really, like, move, I actually lean into looking. Like, my response to that is, like, I, in my body, like, I can't do this movement. So, I'm just, I'm just going to look. I'm going to attempt to do it. And if it fails, like I meant to do that. Right. And uh, I think yes. you kind of have to like lean into the fact that like, when you're given something, you can look stupid and it can still be an opportunity to build community. It can still be an opportunity to laugh with like people that you love. Um, and I think part of that is just like owning it and having the confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And being okay with like the discomfort of quote unquote looking stupid
0: yeah and everybody gets it yeah we all know that this is hard can be hard to do or we all know that we can feel like we look stupid yeah. up there so like when i see someone up there and looking stupid <laughs> whatever that means like i there's no moment in dancing that i have more empathy than yeah. when i see someone yeah, yeah. yeah quote unquote looking stupid
2: Right, and I, for me, I just, I, I kind of love those moments too because I'm just like, it's like so human, right? And I think that we're always trying to present like this really polished version, but like that's just not jazz. Like jazz is improvisational. Jazz can be all over the place. Jazz is polyrhythmic. Jazz mm-hmm. is like calling and responding. And nothing about that to me screams like planned purpose, perfection, right? Like, yes, there's like perfection in what jazz is because jazz is perfect in every way but like to me it's like a very human experience to show up as like awkward or like looking stupid or like yourself you know because it's a very human experience yeah yeah
1: we have such a great like jam circle culture in seattle yeah we really do. that does not extend i was all like yeah. yeah jam circles that's just a part of lindy hop every social is always going to have a little jam circle nope that's not how it goes that's mm-hmm. and then when i leave seattle i'm out of seattle i'm not only like one of the only people solo jazzing to the side yeah but i miss it and it's the thing i miss the most about dancing in seattle why do you think we have it here and it's not part of the
2: wider culture yeah I think that people have like really um like they've really been great caretakers of that culture like I think a lot about Joshua Joshua is a great caretaker of that culture I think about Elaine Elaine is a great caretaker of that culture I think about Levi like these are all people who are like join me in this movement in this rhythm like move your body with me yeah and
0: if levi ever wore a t-shirt yeah it would say do you want to trade aids
2: yeah do you want to (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's funny because levi and like when i moved to seattle levi also moved to seattle so it's been really cool to see like levi's like dance journey over the last few years too Mm. um does he wear levi's no, Levi only wears suits. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Levi's entire entire yeah, existence season wear denim at all. No, not even a denim no. suit.
0: I saw him wear shorts. Um, well, he'll wear, but they were like, matching,
1: suit. Yeah,
0: they were like yeah matching yeah. shorts. I think, think of the
2: adventure suit. <laughs> oh, the I, adventure yeah, suit. Yeah. It's the adventure yeah. suit. Yeah. In fact, Levi actually like uh, made a suit for my partner.
1: Oh, Ooh,
2: yeah, huh. yeah, oh, yeah, and my partner loves that suit love that
1: suit every really every outing building. that
2: my partner wears that suit at they're like thank you I got a guy <laughs> like, like um but yeah like those are people who like really like care for that culture and like if you don't have and it and it can't just be one person right right um it has to be like a multitude of people who are who are really caring for that thing otherwise like you feel the if it's just one person, then. It, the burdens put on them. If it's shared, it's culture, right? Like if it's shared, it's community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think that there's like a really strong community of people who really value solo dance. And I also think like we've been more emboldened to ask. Like, I think about some of the dances I have where it's like, do you want to switch? Do you want to follow? Do you want to lead? Do you want to solo? Right? Like, I'm late, I'm kind of given a menu, whereas I feel like in other I mean, and let me be clear, I don't really travel that much for dance. Um, but when I have like I don't really feel like I'm presented with options like I am in Seattle. Um and I think that really comes out of a conversation of like understanding that like the way that people come to this dance is all valid, right?
1: Yeah, it can be kind of a huge bummer where I'm out dancing in other places and someone just comes up to me and they're like a male presenting and they're like, would you like to dance? And I'm like, yes. And then they just grab me on that side of my body and it's like, oh, I guess we're following. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of like it's nice that here you dance and it's like
0: you get to choose your own adventure.
1: It doesn't just depend on your your presentation.
0: i trying to get better about asking people yeah yeah because i want to do both
2: you want to do both roles i
0: i enjoy following um but i mean sometimes i just want to lead so I, yeah I, I just want to get better at asking
1: yeah yeah
2: points. like yeah
0: regardless of what my assumption might be do we want to talk safety team stuff because i know you worked safety team in i multiple, have worked safety team um, yeah at, at different events
2: yeah in a multitude of ways yeah um, you're a
1: counselor in your professional life
2: i'm a well, so i'm right? a Yeah, so, like, in my – so, my personal background, um, I – or, like, my professional background, I'm a social worker by trade, but I work in, like, human-centered policy. Okay. So, I work very intentionally with people who have been marginalized by the system to uh, work with them to, like, create, um, like, better solutions for the Mm -hmm. system, basically. Um, So, yeah, safety – Oh God. (laughs) I'm just going to say I'm like really jaded. I'm like very burnt out. I think that um, I actually am taking a step away from safety because like I'm getting to a place where I think I'm really burnt out to the point where I don't think I'm the right person for safety spaces just because like I am getting to a place where I'm getting a little numb. And I think when you get numb in these roles you can't engage whether you're doing good or bad and I just don't want to do harm right in these in these kinds of roles um because these roles are important um but yeah I've done safety so um and there's and there's no like there's no like um there's no like bad bad blood at all um I just want to be clear like uh Tanya and Aria who um do Camp Jitterbug like I Like, they have been so incredibly supportive. Like, even when I was doing safety work, like, really, really wonderful team. Um, I'm just getting to a place where it's beginning to be too much for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's whenever you're doing emotional labor. mm -hmm.
0: Burnout's going to come. Yeah,
2: the burden. Yeah, I know there's
0: no standard, or maybe there is a standard um, throughout events. Yeah. uh, That, like, is this (laughs) safety team person, and this is a description of what this kind of person does. Right. Um, I don't remember hearing about a person at Camp Hollywood that was that person. No. I'm not saying – I don't think all of us have it. Would you like briefly describe, like, what that was as far as, like, what you did with uh, Capture your Bug?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, frankly, I think that safety or safer spaces – I mean, there's a big debate around the word safe, right? Because is a space ever truly safe, yeah, right? Yeah, there are
1: no safe spaces.
2: um So I think people are leaning into like safety or like safer spaces, but the idea is that you kind of have an expectation that the people who um, come to your event follow and like your job as kind of a safety coordinator or like a safety person is to kind of enforce (laughs) that code of conduct, but to also kind of be a space when other people are experiencing um, like challenges or other people kind of violating the code of conduct and it impacts them like you're kind of that go-to person for crisis if you would um and so um there's kind of that multitude and then there's also like just you know like I mean not this year but last year we did all the COVID stuff too Mm -hmm. so
3: um
2: (laughs) so like you kind of get like the the end all be all uh you kind of get like dumped into like does this relate to people's well-being I guess better call Lily, you know, um, and so you kind of get- i mean I've gotten a lot of depth and breath, and then when I was in harangue, we also like i did safe i did the safety team there, and that was a joke, but um it was fire safety, so I was like checking like like fire extinguishers and stuff wow and but, well, while trying to make sure queer people were feeling safe <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so it was. I mean, that was kind of, that was kind of wild, but, um, that's essentially what safety safety is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long have
1: you been doing that for camp Jitterbug slash like how long have you been doing it in general?
0: Did you yeah. also do it at Lindy Bout where people,
2: there I was also, a... I also volunteered at Lindy Bout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in charge at Lindy Bout. Um, but I did work at Lindy Bout. Um, Lindy Bout was, uh, Damien was in charge there. So, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't. Damien was just like show up and wear this band and I was like great and that's what you want to do for your volunteers like if you're a safety if you're in charge of a safety team like you want them to be able to kind of like triage whatever is happening but you also want them to be able to defer because typically the people you put in like safety leadership positions have a little bit more depth to be able to like handle if like an actual crisis is going on like you don't want to put your volunteers in that position Mm -hmm. um so Lindy Bat was pretty chill, but, um, yeah, like, at Jitterbug, there's just, like, a multitude of things, like, um, you know, like, I was dealing anywhere between, um, you know, like, people who have disagreements about how competitions are structured to, uh, people who were getting real transphobic about bathroom stuff Mm. to, oh, no, here's a consent violation, now I have to kick somebody out, or, oh no, somebody like tested positive for COVID and now I got to tell them they can't come to this event or, um, you know, a lot of like um, people being impacted by racism. Um, I think that there's, and also like we're running our bodies into the ground, right? And so I always say like Friday is this magical night where everybody is super sparkly and happy on an event. And then Mm -hmm. by like Sunday morning, saturday evening that's when everything breaks <laughs> um and so there's usually like some sort of because like we've like been literally physically and we're not sleeping so like we're exhausting ourselves um and that's usually when stuff like hits the fan yeah but yeah uh,
0: i saw something happen at century mm-hmm. where i don't remember exactly what it was but the uh, the thing in my head that went off is like we talked to about this mm-hmm. the person working the door yeah uh at the end of the lesson um a lot of the instructors say if something's wrong come talk to us mm-hmm. they weren't there the teacher like i think like mm-hmm. maybe one of the teachers was there mm-hmm. um dj's person is probably busy djing mm-hmm. i'm like there's no one yeah really no here one specifically for that job there's no one specifically for the here. Person, but
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. are they, like,
0: prepared for this? Or are they even open to this? At SET, I also, like, if I was a new person at SET, say I missed the beginning lesson or something, I mm-hmm. just kind of came, I wouldn't know who to talk to or go to either. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do, you, do either of y'all have thoughts about that? Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't, really don't want to
2: put any one event or any one, like, community event on blast because, like... I think that there's, like, people, I I do know that, like, people who run those venues, like, have handled safety situations in their own way. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, But what I will say is that I feel like I've been putting a call out for years for Seattle to have a greater, like, unified standard. And I just don't think that that's going to happen. Because, frankly, um, like, there is a community member who runs a venue that, like, is, was pretty in, in violation of like the community standards. And so I don't think that we're ever gonna get like a real uni- like unified um, unified uh, like safety agreement. Um, I do know that we tried to come together after that allegation came out um, and it was, it was very difficult. It was very difficult to bring people into a place where we agreed upon like what is and what is not a safety concern. Mm -hmm. um and I think a lot of that has to do with like the reality of it being that like we're all kind of like dancers who are like volunteering like doing this on our on our own time right so like we're not like a lot of us are not professionals in this space like I'm not a like domestic violence advocate like I work in policy and I take a lot of notes right (laughs) like like yes I'm a social worker I know how to handle crisis but, like, I also feel sometimes inadequate as well, right
3: mm-hmm.
2: so um it can be it can be really tricky because like a lot of what you're also dealing with, like you see stuff that happens in the ballroom and you know that you can you can take care of that, right, but a lot of stuff that comes through safety happens outside mm-hmm. of the dance floor. It's a lot of interpersonal conflict that is very valid, but it happens outside of um, the ballroom space. And so there's a lot of debate about like, to what degree are we getting involved in that? Like, Mm -hmm. to what degree are we facilitating space? But then also to what degree is another person like very legit in their pain? (laughs) Like, right. Um, and I just think that it's, it's been a very hard conversation to have. I think that there are very clear, like toolkits and very clear guidelines that we can borrow and learn from. And there are some really amazing communities who have banded together to figure it out. But I think that it's it's really difficult to do this in Seattle um, for a multitude of, like, interpersonal and political reasons. Um, but I wish it was more of a thing. I wish that there was more of a unified code of
0: conduct. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody can get on uh, board with. Yeah, yeah. Are we more than, like, you know, just some, like, dance club? Right. Like, literally, like, a club like
2: this <laughs> yeah. club
0: that just people like happen to keep coming back to
2: yeah you yeah know? yeah
0: yeah and well, like y'all figure it out
2: <laughs> and it's like the thing that and this is i keep telling people this is like the moment that you have those gaps like predators will fill in those gaps mm-hmm. i've definitely seen mm-hmm. it where it's like i mean and i know lou you you've also seen it too where like we'll be at a dance and we'll be like isn't this person banned from this other venue <laughs> It's like, well,
1: why are they here? Didn't they get banned over there? And It's
2: like, well, or it's
1: like if you have a problem of of you have a conflict with someone or someone who's proven Mm -hmm. that they have harmful patterns, and it's like, all right, well, I want to do something about someone in this community so that I can feel safe. And it's like, well, who do you go to to actually ask for that help? Because there's four different businesses Mm -hmm. that you go dance at, and they all have varying degrees of how you deal with that. yeah Yeah.
2: and i Um, also think um people are really bad at understanding nuance and the way that we do often deal with this when we don't have a person that we can go to is we turn to the internet like mm -hmm. all of this stuff really breaks down on facebook and the moment that it gets to an internet space that Mm -hmm. becomes kangaroo court kangaroo court it is it's kangaroo kangaroo court. court And, and for me, it's, it's difficult because also, as oh, a safety person, like I often have a lot more context because, you, and this is why I say don't do safety, is that you become the scene secret keeper. Yeah. Mm. Right. And like, I know a lot of shit about a lot of people in the scene mm. and it is really sad. <laughs> yeah. I get really sad about it. Um, and I think that there's like, and it all breaks down on the internet, right? Um, And we don't hold space for nuance. Our, our restorative justice game is trash. Our transformative justice game Mm -hmm. is trash. Like we don't know how to have those conversations. And like the people who have really, really tried have, have no one is willing to help them first and foremost. And what I said earlier was like, if it's not a shared thing, then it becomes a burden right Mm -hmm. and it's not actually community it needs to be a shared thing right it can't just be one person um and they get burnt out and then they leave and then we lose these really amazingly energetic um passionate knowledgeable people who really know their shit um because the community just refuses to like like own discomfort yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah
0: yeah, I wonder if it also keeps people from continuing to, like, be yeah. active. Like, more than just, like, coming out and paying for dances and dancing, than even, but being active on, a, like, a maybe a, just, like, a step more than that. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah. I'm not sure.
2: Some people say that
0: uh, the Seattle is more like a consumerist, it's a
2: consumerist uh, yeah. dance
0: scene, like, because maybe it's a little bigger, yeah. uh, I don't know if bigger dance scenes are like that, but, like, yeah, Um, And um, I'm also yeah, but I also think like, yeah, protect your uh, energy levels and like what you're willing your bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking like, what things do I not want to do? Or I can't do or I shouldn't do? Like, do you all have um, jazz babies? Don't get involved with this
2: oh i mean i'm just i'm gonna sit here right now somebody's super burned out on safety jazz babies don't fucking do safety don't
0: do safety (laughs) um savoy swing club like they're like they just had town hall and they're like Please join the board,
3: and yeah. if anybody
0: wants to be president, be president. And like, then I like talk the to some
1: was... other jazz elders and stuff out there, and they're like, "Don't do it. It'll burn you out. You like, won't be." There are a lot of great dancers who are no longer in our community anymore and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I yeah. think it's
0: like varied. Like yeah. the reason why people that maybe were on board aren't dancers now, like there's different reasons. But like again, like I'm, I'm just like, I'm a bit of an optimist, and I'm a bit of a where I'm like but if enough people do it,
2: <laughs> I mean, you're really valid in saying that though, Chris, because I really do think if there was like a multitude, if like I had four lilies who mm-hmm. said, we are with you in the safety conversation and we are the council of safety people. I'd be like, yes. Hello. Thank you. People like you have a place where you can vent and you can share your frustrations and you can be in community with people. But like when it is just one person, Like it's so difficult. And I think that that's what it often Mm -hmm. happens is that like you end up volunteering or stepping up and then you end up being like that one person who's stepping in.
3: Mm -hmm. So
2: I, I do think you're right to be optimistic, but I do think because Seattle is so consumeristic, like it becomes like, Oh great. This one person stepped up. So I don't have to. Yeah.
0: Right. Yes. And
2: I think that that's not it either.
0: And I am very, uh, like uh I grew up in churches, like big, yeah. uh like local communities. Like my dream is to like come home and see like twenty pairs of shoes outside of my house, <laughs> and then come inside and everybody's here like having like kicking it because that's how I grew up. Like we would have like church Love meetings it. at home and it's like friends over all the time. Yeah. Um. So I grew up with that, and then after I kind of I fell away from church, um. I've always, like improv was the same way like i've always looked for big fat groups of community that like hang out all the time and that's why dancing is also very appealing to me mm-hmm. but it gets me into like i get trapped in like getting over committed and over involved or like mm-hmm. too involved on some mm-hmm. stuff and yeah. i just like need to be like a little bit more aware of my yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and like yeah. really
2: feel free to like protect your peace in that too because like it like it like if you love this dance like don't just sprint through it like think about it as a marathon think about it as like every day you have to show up because like if you do take on too much at once and if you don't take the time to really understand like the dynamics you will get burned because we still have a lot of those problems like let me just be real like there are still some people who are still very active in the scene who have really really burned and hurt people who are no longer here And because we don't have those same kind of boundaries and guardrails, like if you're newer to the scene, you don't have that knowledge and you yourself could get burned in that process. Right. Mm, It's just the
1: same mill. Yeah. It's the same mill. Yeah. They're
2: doing the same thing. (laughs) It's the same behavior. And it just, anyway, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to spice. I'm not going to get into it, but like, I just, I just think that there's like, if, if I were a jazz baby, I'd be like, just take a year to just enjoy dancing and like really like see the lay of the land and understand that this is the kind of community you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then allow yourself to, to kind of start, you know, volunteering where you feel called. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, just like really take the time to really enjoy it. Drink, drink the jazz Kool-Aid while you can. And then, yeah. Yeah.
1: you know, and with volunteering and stuff, you can start volunteering with the tiny jobs. You yeah. don't need to jump right into the center of an organization just no. because they really need somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: i really love spaces like physically actually ex- like i'm talking about like physical space like at set
3: mm-hmm. to
0: get i get to use this space
3: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm like paying granted but like this space doesn't won't always exist mm-hmm, Or like right? low down like mm-hmm. this night it's like really we should really really appreciate that it's fucking even here yeah like art spaces dance spaces like century is mm-hmm. a beautiful fucking ballroom yeah. and it might not yeah. get renewed
2: yeah you yeah. know right who knows if that lease gets right. renewed right. right i mean i think the people who run the century are pretty on it sure um but but yeah like i yeah i also agree i think like sometimes i have to check my like bitterness because like also at the end of the day i'm like I have traveled to other places or have come from places that don't have that. And I'm like, oh, like, we're really lucky here. Mm. Like, we are really lucky here. And, like, if we wanted to sustain, like, we do have to be caretakers of that.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? So there is, like, a little bit of that tension of, like, ooh, don't get involved. But also, like, make sure you clean up after yourself and take care of what you have. Right? Right.
0: That's what I'm saying.
2: Such a balance. You gotta do
0: a little bit of both. What was was the biggest difference between Seattle pre-pan because Jazz Baby here, pre-pan and post-pan.
1: Yeah, especially safety-wise oh, and stuff. Because, yeah, I do feel like we have, as Jazz Babies have walked into a little bit more of, like, a safety utopia as far. Like, yeah. I I see a lot of... I get to take up a lot of space as a queer person yeah. in our community, and I don't think that I would have been able to have done that had I started dancing here, like, five years ago.
2: Um, So pre-pandemic... So I was just, like... For me... um it's really interesting because like i i when i first moved to seattle um it was it was very um like there was definitely a cool kids corner and there was definitely a not cool kids corner
0: yeah right? some people say that and some people say there wasn't that it's sorry
2: it's, uh, my perception was that 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 was and i will say this as somebody who like just started swinging out <laughs> You know, like I had been dancing for a minute, but like, I was also just starting to sing out and it was very clear who wanted to dance with me and who did not want to dance with me. And so um, that was definitely a thing. And, um, you know, and then there was a really uh, pre pandemic, there was a really deep um, series of allegations against some community leaders that really divided the community And frankly, there was a whole group of people who were kind of, I guess you could say, quote unquote, cool kids, quote unquote, supported, you know, one side that went elsewhere. And so we kind of got this opportunity to have like a blank canvas to really clean up the way that we wanted to see this. And other dances really started to emerge that like had those values. Um, And I think like my generation of dancers really like felt the way that we were treated by the previous and we decided like, Oh, like, you know, we have to be people that care for other people in this space. Um, So there was a lot more intentionality in like dancing with people who were just coming in the door or like, you know, really being um, intentional about consent. Right. Because we had just, I mean, me too had just happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, um, there was a lot more conversation about, about that and then you know it it was interesting because I mean at least for me I was like feeling myself dancing and then the (laughs) pandemic happened and I was like I feel the couch Um, (laughs) I did not I did not dance during the pandemic and it was like a nice break but like then my personal body was Mm -hmm. like oh man now you have to like train everything again but then I come back and it's and I was telling Lou this, but like, I really felt like one day I had my friendships and then the next day I didn't. Like all of my friends had either gotten like super, like the cohort of people that I was like super hyped with. Like they'd either gotten burnt out by other people in the scene or they're just like, I realized over the pandemic, I don't want to feel like shit. And swing makes me feel like shit.
3: Mm. So,
2: (laughs) so Um, And good on them because, you know, it's important to know yourself in that way. But I was really sad. I was really sad because I really felt like I had a, like, I lost a group of people who really inspired me, who really, I felt really cared for by, like, when I went into the ballroom. Um, And then there were a bunch of new people. And I was like, who are these new people who are so good (laughs) after (laughs) one year (laughs) of dancing? Um, But you all came in with such an important sense of care um that it's been actually really lovely to get to know you all and so well we showed up yeah. and that
1: was already the feeling in the room yeah and we it felt like that had always been like that and then we you know you as no. a jazz baby coming into the scene you hear the story that there was actually this really monumental thing that happened in our community that we now like I don't necessarily want to say like reap the benefits of but like Mm -hmm. it it feels nice to be a part of this community
2: and I'm happy for you guys like let me be clear but I'm also like so (laughs) sad that that divide is still there like I wish we would have been able to figure out how to how to mend but it's it's interesting because it just feels like there's like parallels there's like a like it's the whisper whisper you know like oh don't go there if you know you know what yeah I mean? it's, like, it's still whisper yeah, networking it's still, it's still whisper isn't something
1: happening. yeah and you're
0: exposed to that i was exposed to that mm-hmm. the minute i came to camp jitterbug mm-hmm. like day one yeah. i heard people talk about that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it is babies talk to babies overworked. about that yeah you know, yeah sub one-year dancers like, talk to oh, other sub one-year well, yeah. dancers it's like a whole
1: other swing world here i met someone
0: at harangue and i was like how do I not know you? How have I never seen you before? What are you doing at Mm harangue? And then I was like, oh, he just dances somewhere that I don't dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And like spoke, used words like loyalty. I was like, I didn't bring these words up. Like I didn't start Mm -hmm. drawing lines. And then suddenly like the language that you're using is drawing lines. It was so bizarre. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So bizarre.
2: Yeah, and I I and again like I I can talk about how I was like impacted or like my perception of like the community. I don't know this person on an interpersonal level. I don't know the the emotional turmoil that people who, you know, decided to draw that line had to go through to like reconcile what's happening with the person versus what the person allegedly did. But like it it was very hard on the community as a whole. Yeah. And I think that if, I mean, for me, like, my value really stands in a place of, like, if you are a person in power, if you are a teacher, if you are a figure of power in a community, you are accountable to the community. And if you are not going to show accountability, you do not deserve your positionality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, I knew how to draw that line for myself. Um, And I, but I don't know the, the. The, the mental gymnastics that other people had to do, mm. right?
0: Outside of that stuff, were there big differences in Seattle be pre-pandemic and post-pandemic?
2: Um, um, like, more
0: locations? <laughs> like, I never went to Haley's Loft. It- I don't know if you went to Haley's Loft or oh, what that yeah, is. I've
1: heard about that. What's um, Haley's Loft?
0: Haley's Loft was like this Haley who runs Century. Yeah. Um, had a Halley. had a Halley. Sorry, Halley's Loft. What yeah. Was it called Halley? Have you been to Haley's Loft?
3: I, I <laughs> got Haley's Loft. But,
2: <laughs> but <Halley's Locked. laughs> Haley's Loft? Haley's Loft was all the, no, all the rage. No, I've, I've never been to Halley's Loft. I have yeah. no idea what that place is. I, I was of the generation of like, we had Eastside Stomp, um, which was over in Kirkland. And that that venue is no longer happening. Um, and then we also had Susie Q's. Susie
0: Q's. Yeah, Susie Q's was Cues? great. That
2: was a Syncopation Foundation mm. dance that Amanda Miller, like, ran, um, and it was like focused on like femmes and jazz. Oh, dope! And oh. so, like, oh. like the concept was to really like emphasize solo movement, but also like really like um highlight like the femmes of of jazz and like specifically like also like the matriarchs of jazz right like you think about these really amazing men who are also jazz musicians but like you don't you don't you don't get their talent without the support systems that their partners and their you know the women in their life black women right Mm -hmm. black women um the the labor that black women did Mm. Yeah, so that was, like, the point of that, and that was, like, such a sweet, unique space.
0: I just remember that Kyle and Shaw for a minute, like, were about to open a swing space on Thursdays in Seattle. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they even checked in with, like, the T-Town group to say that that was okay, and, like, I'm just realizing that if we find a space, like, Anyone you should can do it should do
2: it i think i think more people should be looking at washington hall i know that washington hall is kind of expensive but like washington hall is historically so important to seattle jazz like mm. um if you've ever read the book jackson street after after um after hours that book is like an entire um specific uh telling of seattle jazz and washington hall um was actually like historically in the black in like the central mm-hmm. district which is a black neighborhood right um that's where they would all perform like those big bands would all perform there like local like bands would also perform there as well so like and so like it's just i, I think it's such an important piece of our history mm-hmm. and it's like a shame we only use that venue like once a year it's yeah. in
0: the green book tour of seattle mm-hmm. um, interesting
2: yeah yeah it's yeah yeah
1: I'm gonna go read that Jackson Street after dark.
2: Book, I have like the book if you want it. Yeah. Me too. I really yeah yeah. Listen uh, to the
0: audio.
2: It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's funny because it's like obviously a college textbook,
0: uh-huh.
2: yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like super it's like super good. And also, if you want to know more, I would highly recommend connecting with the Earshot Jazz people. Oh yeah. Um, because I actually just met like just like this last Raina, who is lovely and also a dancer, works for um works for Earshot. But I actually just met, like, one of the co-writers <laughs> of that book recently. Wow. Cool. So, like, I'm excited to see, like, the second rendition of that. Because the musicians, the musician scene in Seattle, like, the jazz musician scene has a lot of the history of what Seattle was. And I think that there's a real disconnect between, like, the musicians and the dancing. And I think that, like, if we bring that together, it's only going to make our jazz better.
0: Yeah. So. Talk about podcasts. Like, Earshot Jazz has a... Podcasts, yeah so, really i mean jazz and podcasts like the uh, yeah, jazz I mean, nerds and podcasts just like go together like yeah yeah. And yeah um hell yeah what are your thoughts on like yeah mentorship in swing dancing um i don't see a lot of people when i go dancing that i just like talk to just to like i mean other than you and um <laughs> my dance daddy francis dance and, daddy uh yeah those people and like instructors um i guess i do talk to a lot of people
2: yeah, you talk to so Chris, you're, like, you like, four
0: people. You
2: talk to more people than I talk to.
0: Yeah, and days. I get a shit ton of perspectives. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just want to, like, highlight the importance of mentorship. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, a scene elder. Yeah.
2: Like,
0: I don't know. There's not a question there. Like, these are there <laughs> questions. These are just, like, thoughts that I'm having. Um, and that yeah. it's so important to have these people around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. with pandy like when I came like I don't know I don't know people are doing are people doing it
2: being mentors I don't know know. yeah I don't know if like the people I would shout out like consider themselves mentors but they're mentors to me so I think like mentorship is a very like personal definition Mm -hmm. but I will say this I am gonna shout out some people that I love um like I I would not be able to swing out without Jonna right like and that took a conversation um I would not have been exposed to the depth and breadth of, you know, jazz internet stuff without Aaron. Like, um, Aaron has seen me in jazz. Like I grew up hard and like there was one Lindy bout where there was um, a dance about a motherless child and we didn't even dance. We just held each other. Right. Like mm-hmm. that, that, and that informs my authenticity in my dancing. Like I always want to be vulnerable in that. Right. And like, Props to that person for giving me space to be vulnerable, right? I think about Anna Lisa, Um, She was the first person to tell me to put my heel down. Um, and I'm like, that just like completely transformed my dancing because suddenly I had ass in Lindy Hop. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, and, it was, and it was amazing. And I was like, yes, yeah, okay. I'm not like a tall, skinny person. Like I am a, a shorter, curvier human who has ass. I should be able to use it. Put the heel down, I mm-hmm. can use it right mm-hmm. I think about you know Joshua in teaching me about polyrhythms and like really spending the time talking to me about like how to not just use one part of your body in that but like using your whole body in that mm-hmm. in that expression and like I think about Bailey in like allowing myself to be like super weird <laughs> right and like experiment right yeah I think about like Damien and talking about like tenderness in dancing and connecting with a person and like, you know, really talking about tone and dynamics, right? And like, these are all people who I would consider mentors along the way, but like it was, it's not just, it's not just one person for me. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a group of people who have really given me really beautiful jewels along the way to like get to this place where I'm this dancer today. Right. Right. Like I think everybody has some. Everyone should have somebody that they can look back to and say thank you to, because like that's I feel like that's Mm -hmm. the point of being in community. If you're just doing it by yourself, like why are you with other people or a cohort of people to go back and
0: think and and I can name a bunch of people.
2: Yeah, it takes a village to
0: raise a jazz baby, and I wish we
2: did that more when it came to competitions too.
0: Yeah, I have talked to like two people or listened to someone talk and talked to two people who shouted out a whole t- whole gang of people right like as soon as like how do you feel and they're just like i'm thankful for this 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 this. and all mm-hmm. these people and i'm like holy shit like of course
2: what's on the horizon for you What's next i'm taking a break
0: and <laughs> <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> um
2: no actually right now um i was just telling chris this but like i'm actually and, you know, Laney has shouted it out before, but I'm actually taking classes from Javon. Nice. Um, I am starting my tap journey. I think I'm ready. Um, oh, so many... Like dancers who are like mm-hmm. higher level
1: are now going into this tap world. Going Thank you. into tap world, Thank you. opening <laughs> the Pandora box. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Thank Chris, you. Is, Chris and his tap board. Yeah, like, yeah, t-
2: me and, me and my best dancer. He came in and up. he was like cutting the tap thing, and it was like getting on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> no, 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 I, re- I really don't care. But um, yeah. So I'm taking classes from Javon. He lives in. He lives like 15 minutes away from me. Oh, I was nice. like, what? What the heck? Like, awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to go and I'm going to go tap with him in person. And really like, you know, Lainey reminded me that Javon lived there, but also Damien was really an inspiration to me too, because I remember watching Damien's first class and now he's like every jitterbug, like tapping with Javon. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I kind of want that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And so I'm just like in the space where I'm like excited to be inspired by like the tap world. Cause I need, I need some more inspiration. Oh, in my yeah. hands right now. Watching Damien tap in at Western. Yeah, so oh. uh, we had like a 25 year anniversary for Swing Kids and we put on an event where Javon came up and taught a tap class and that tap class, like myself, Bailey and Damien were all in that room and uh, Bailey and Damien were like, and there were like 10 other people and Bailey and Damien were the only two that kept tapping. Mm. And I thought he went to UW. Damien did go to UW, but he um, he lives in Bellingham. Oh, okay, okay. okay, yeah. okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you got tap on the horizon.
2: I got tap on the horizon. I'm and going to track, to track town. town. I'm going to track town. Yeah. And then I am I don't know. I don't really go to events. So
0: <laughs> And you're just like excited and um, you said you were searching for like motivation or inspiration. Yeah. In three different ways.
2: Yeah. And I think I need to understand. I think I'm I'm ready to like feel that through tap. I'm just kind of like tapped out (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kind of tapped out on like Lindy Hop right now I feel like really boring I feel like I'm boring in my movement
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: I need to like excite myself yeah
0: are there times you've thought you'd quit yes you know um and I guess what brought you like what brings you back like what makes you want to do tap right now you know like what is calling you to even do it Instead of, like, just spending more time gardening, which also sounds lovely.
2: I love gardening. I actually spent a lot of time gardening while I was thinking about quitting. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So I've had a lot of phases of, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Fuck this. And then I always listen to Duke Ellington fucking rocking in rhythm. And I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) I want to do this. Like, that song. Oh, that song just fucking gets me going. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I haven't been able to stop because I still bought to that. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. how am I gonna, and so right now, like, figured out how to lindy hop figured out how to solo jazz. And now I'm like, I'm gonna figure out how to tap to that. Yeah, because I need, I need the. Yeah, the music always brings me back.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm Hmm. I really want... I mean, the reason why I'm tapping is because... And getting into the DJing and music mm-hmm. is I'm trying to find different ways to tap into the dance. Mm-hmm. That's not just Lindy Hop mm-hmm. or solo mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I just hope to be like a 85-year-old at the park with a tap board. Yeah. Just like kind of tapping like an old Asian man.
2: That's a dream. the dream. <gasps> yeah, yeah, my my dancing dream is that I have... So like, I really want to be a, a, a parent. I really want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I ho- My dream is to have a jazz baby.
0: Yeah, I want
2: a little, jazz baby. I want yeah. a little jazz baby that I can like rock and like know, do triple steps with. Yeah,
0: I know Joanna calls you her dance daddy.
2: Oh, maybe I can hold Joanna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bundle her up, <laughs> bundle her up, and um, we can do triple steps together.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's Thanks, it, jazz. jazz babies. Thanks, right. jazz babies.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye, jazz babies. That's <sighs> it. That's
1: it. Get I'm so sorry. No, know it's okay.
3: I know my play. baby I just don't want
1: to is going to, to jump, jump and shout. No, not at all. I know my baby's going to jump and shout. When the train rolls up and I come walking out.